As we go into the end of the year, the holidays are right around the corner, but it's not too early to start thinking about the next gubernatorial election in 2025. Which candidates will run? What are their platforms? And what direction is Virginia going? Because the way Virginia votes, so does the nation. It's Stay the Warner. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. Stay tuned as we discuss the gubernatorial candidates for 2025. Welcome back. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. As always, we'd like to thank you for joining us, as you always do, on every Sunday as we broadcast from the campus of the Norfolk State University, home of the Spartan Nation from none other than WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA. Listen, we hope that you enjoy uh, your Thanksgiving break and you're getting ready to enjoy your holiday uh, Christmas holiday break that's coming up, which is well deserved. But I also like to give a huge, huge congratulations to all of our graduates from Norfolk State University. We just had graduation on Saturday, on yesterday, and let me tell you what a wonderful and joyous occasion it always is to see our young leaders, our future leaders, walking across the stage receiving their well hard-earned degree from this great institution knowing that they're going to go out and do great things across the world uh, it is time for family for friends and us as faculty administrators and staff and stakeholders and uh, of the Spartan nation to sit back and and just have a a phenomenal celebration and enjoy the hard work that everyone put forth so Congratulations to all of our graduates. Congratulations to the families, because as parents, we know that students can't do it by themselves. Well-deserved. Again, God bless you. Congratulations to you. During this particular show, we're looking at our 2025 gubernatorial preview. And in this preview, we're taking a look at the candidates who have first of all, declared for uh, the run for governor and those that are potential candidates. Now, (laughs) I know you're saying uh, it's too early to start thinking about the the gubernatorial race. But in actuality, the even the day after November 8th, the race for president started. We did a presidential preview last week, but also the race for governor starts as, as well. And with that, the Associated Press released just this week that Democratic Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney officially joined the 2025 race for Virginia governor on Monday, of course, touting his executive experience over two terms in office and pledging to be a pragmatic voice for equality and progress. Now, according to the AP, Stoney, who's 42, made his more uh, formal announcement in a video that highlighted his modest upbringing and the struggles he overcame to become the first in his family to graduate from high school and also from college. Um, you would also note that uh, LeVar Stoney is also from Hampton Roads. He is from Yorktown uh, here in, uh, on the peninsula. And with that, you know, he's, he's done quite very well for himself uh, uh, in politics and also in public service. As a matter of fact, he stated, he said, that's why I'm running for governor for families like mine that just need an opportunity for kids like me who will thrive in school if they just get the right chance. And for parents like my dad who work multiple jobs and still struggle to live a secure and middle class life. You know, again, it's not too early to throw your hat in. It's not too early to start 
looking at the run for governor. You know, but he's not by himself. Uh, as a matter of fact, according to the AP, Stoney's entrance into the race sets up a Democratic nomination contest with U.S. Representative Abigail Spanberger, who is a former CIA officer who is cultivating an identity as a bipartisan consensus builder over three terms in Congress. Spanberger, who, if elected, would be the state's first female governor. She announced her bid last month and others could still be joining the field. So no Republicans have announced, according to AP, their campaigns yet, though Attorney General Jason Mieres and Lieutenant Governor Winston Earl Sears are seen as likely contenders. And of course, under state law, uh, current governor, uh, Glenn Youngkin, Republican governor, cannot seek a second term. Now, with that being the case, we're going to we're going to break down, you know, who these other contenders are and what are the issues that our our governor coming in uh, should be looking at and those things that they should uh, uh, start to campaign for and those platforms that they need to focus or should be focusing in on. But according to the AP and Stoney's video announcement uh, on Monday of this week, this past week, he criticized Governor Yonkin's leadership as out of step with voters values. Now, he said, I think many Virginians are sick of a governor who was out there focused on banning abortion, banning books, making it harder for people to vote instead of actually uh, focus on how they claim climb out of the economic ladder in the middle class. You know, and of course, we know that uh, this is an issue that uh, many individuals uh, started to focus on, you know, as it relates to how you win in these elections coming up. And with that, you know, we see that uh, a lot of individuals, uh, as, as, as we know, are uh, running through and the very state elections and ensuring that these state elections are themselves uh, a referendum on these gubernatorial and also more, more, more or less Republican platforms. And with that, we find that they're winning. So, of course, uh, candidate Stoney, he's going to start doing that as well, and which he's also started. It's something that uh, we know that uh, this is something that uh, the, the platform for the Democratic Party here in Virginia, the platform for the Democratic Party across the country, is going to use in the upcoming 2024 election and also the 2025 election. So, with that, according to AP, Yunkin's press office defended his record in a statement and noted his solid approval ratings. As a matter of fact, the Republican Party of Virginia criticized Stoney as a, quote, far-left radical, saying he failed Richmond as a mayor and would be a disaster for Virginia. But we also know that Stoney, he has two decades of experience in Virginia politics. He served as the first black secretary to come in, Commonwealth which is a cabinet position under his mentor and former Democratic governor, Terry McCullough, with whom, of course, according to AP, uh, Stoney is very close with. In that role of, of the Secretary of the Commonwealth, he oversaw the process of restoring the voting and other civil rights of felons who had completed their sentences. And after that, he, uh, Governor McCullough at that time accelerated and called the most important legacy of his term. As a matter of fact, LeVar Stoney went on to win a very competitive race in 2016 to become the youngest person to serve as mayor of the state city capital. And he was reelected, of course, in 2020. 
And in his gubernatorial campaign lunch, he also touted his efforts to improve Richmond's residents' lives by tackling uh, very uh, generational problems, improving the city's finances, fixing roads, building new schools, and reducing the poverty rate. He also emphasized his role in directing removal of Richmond's enormous collection of Confederate monuments amid the racial justice protests that followed George Floyd's killing in 2020. As a note to that, we know that our Norfolk State uh, graduate and rector uh, was also very instrumental, Devon Henry, in removing those monuments, which he was a guest lecturer over in Germany, uh, not just last last week, uh, uh, regarding uh, that particular uh, era and that time in which removing those monuments was just not a regular job, but uh, the death threats uh, and, of course, backlash, uh, it was done. But how many of you know that doing the right thing, a lot of times you're going to get uh, pushback. You're going to get backlash. It's just part of what doing right is. So, uh, But hats off to both uh, Mayor Stoney and also Devon Henry for uh, pushing that effort and removing those monuments. Now, of course, according to the AP, Varstoni, who is black, if elected, would be the second African-American person to serve as governor. Uh, and at the time, the statue's removal would send a message that the one-time capital of Confederacy was no longer a place with symbols of oppression and white supremacy. Now, those statues stood high for over 100 years for a reason, according to uh, Varstoni. It was to intimidate to show black and brown people in the city who was in charge. And this was a statement he made in the summer of 2000. Now, LeVar Stoney was also involved in Virginia politics since his college days at James Madison, worked as a fellow at that time of the governor Mark Warner's office, joined John Kerry's campaign for president, worked on several other statewide campaigns that the Democratic Party of Virginia, served as political director, and then as executive director. So uh, while Stoney sees his current base support in central uh, Virginia African-American community, he thinks his work. Executive experience and life story will help connect with voters around Virginia, arguing that he's the only candidate that can campaign everywhere. Uh, He says that truly believe that voters, the Democratic voters, want someone who can run something uh, that can lay out a record or vision over the course of 18 months. And Connor Joseph, who's the spokesperson for Abigail Spanberger, said in a statement that Virginia's know and trust Abigail's record of public service, her commitment to bringing people together, her track record of getting things done against tremendous odds while winning tough races and the like. So with that being the case, (laughs) let's just say is the let the race begin. So let's take a look at this. Hypothetical setup uh, as we see a potential run for governor here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Lavelle. Today we're looking at 2025 and a preview of the gubernatorial race here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. As you know, the Constitution of Virginia states that governors cannot run for consecutive terms, which means that now we have. A, an election every four years where we have new candidates coming forth, throwing their hat into the race. As, as, a, as a quick note, individuals can be governor more than once. They just can be governor for consecutive terms. So 
we just talked about the Democratic primary and uh, the individuals who will be running uh, for governor. They've already declared. We know that, again, Abigail Spanberger, current U.S. representative from Virginia's 7th Congressional District and former CIA officer, uh, along with LeVar Stoney, mayor of Richmond and former Virginia Secretary of the Commonwealth, have both declared that they are running for the Democratic nomination to be governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now, of course, if either of these persons um, uh, win the nomination and they end up winning uh, the gubernatorial race, we know that they will definitely make history. Uh, Abigail Spanberger will be the first female, the first woman to be governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. In the entire history of the Commonwealth, she will be the first woman to be governor. Of course, we know that currently with some Sears, Earl Sears is the first woman to be lieutenant governor. Uh, actually, second one would be to lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, but second my first black woman to be uh, lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. And of course, LeVar Stoney would be the uh, second African-American to be governor of the Commonwealth. Now, when we look at who's declined uh, to run in a race, we know that Eileen Philicorn, uh, who is the former speaker of the Virginia House of Delegates, uh, she is she has declined uh, to be uh, to run in this race. She's running for U.S. House. Tara McCullough, former governor of Virginia and nominee for governor in 2021, he's endorsed Stoney. He's declined to run. And uh, current, well, former governor, Ralph Northam, and former governor of uh, Virginia, endorsed Spanberg. <laughs> so that's, we see two former Democratic governors uh, who are giving their endorsements to two different Democratic nominees. Uh, so we, again, this this is setting it up to be a major, major battle for the Democratic nomination. But in in politics, right, in our democracy, that's what you want. Jennifer Wexton, current U.S. representative of uh, Virginia's 10th congressional district, is has also uh, she hasn't declined to run for governor. But uh, well, no, she has declined uh, to run. So with that, on the Democratic side, we see that this can be a major, major uh, push. And, uh, uh, of course, it's going to set up a, a, a very good election in the Democratic nomination uh, for the Democratic nomination itself. Now, potential Republican candidates. We know that current Attorney General Jason Mieres, uh, who has appeared on this show, is also uh, a look to be the next uh, candidate uh, for governor. Also, Winston Sears, the current lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, is looked to be a candidate. Rob Whitman, current U.S. representative from Virginia's 1st Congressional District. And Amanda Chase, who is a state senator, uh, is also looking to be a candidate for governor. Now, of course, when you look at uh, political affiliation and within the party, who's a far left, who's a far right, Amanda Chase would represent that uh, what we call the far right you know, of that party. Uh, so more or less of Trump, Trump, Trumpite, uh, as, as we call it, or someone, uh, or Freedom Caucus, as we look at in, in Congress. But with that being the case, uh, we know that there are four individuals that are primed to put their hat in for the Republican primary. And it may be more, but those are the most viable ones. Now, let's look at endorsements. Endorsements are 
almost key to every election because with that, we know that you not only receive a verbal endorsement, right, to say, I'm going to vote for this person, I'm going to support this person, but it also means that you receive their support of their voters for the most part. You receive uh, access to their resources uh, by uh, by by default, and you receive another person out there advocating for you. So with that, we have, let's look at Abigail Spanberg and look at the endorsements that she has, uh, both from U.S. representatives, state officials, state legislators, and organizations. Let's start there first. Abigail Spanberg is currently endorsed uh, by current U.S. representative Don Beyer, who represents Virginia's 8th Congressional District, Jerry Connolly who represents Virginia's 11th Congressional District. Elaine Luria, who represents Virginia's second, well, former uh, U.S. representative who represented Congress, uh, second Congressional District here in Virginia Beach. Tom uh, Periello, former U.S. representative who represented uh, con- Congress's fifth district, uh, that's Charlottesville's area. And current U.S. representative, Jennifer Wexton, uh, who represents currently represents Virginia's 10th Congressional District. She's endorsed, all of them have endorsed current U.S. Representative and candidate for Governor Abigail Spanberger. Statewide officials, former Governor Ralph Northam has endorsed Abigail Spanberger. Uh, again, a very popular governor, uh, did a lot of great things in, his, in time and, uh, and of course uh, supported a lot of initiatives. Uh, for the Democratic Party and African-American issues as well. Of course, we know the controversy with blackface that he overcame and received the support of African-American supporters. Uh, with that, he has lent his support to Abigail Spanberg. When we look at state legislators, all right, so state legislators, uh, both current elected and also individuals who are what we call a, uh, delegate elect or senator elect, recently elected, we have Elizabeth Bennett Parker, who is a state delegate from the 45th District. Joshua Cole, a newly elected member of the Virginia Legislative Black Caucus, uh, who's part of Virginia Legislative Black Caucus and represents the 65th District state delegate-elect. He's uh, endorsed uh, uh, Delegate Spanberger, I mean, Representative Spanberger. Uh, Adam Eben, state senator. Barbara Favola, state senator. Sally Hudson. State Delegate, Marty Martinez, State Delegate, uh, Irene Shin, uh, Shula Van Vakenberg, Rodney Willett, and from organizations, the Brady Pack and Voters Vets, Vote Vets. So these are organizations that represent veterans. Now, when we look at LeVar Stoney, now of course, he's just throwing his hat into the race, but these are some significant endorsements that he is currently receiving. Of course, we know that uh, Governor, former Governor Terry McAuliffe, uh, is uh, his biggest supporter. Of course, he worked in his administration and the like, served as Secretary of the Commonwealth under Terry McAuliffe, so he has endorsed him as well. Molly Ward, former Virginia Secretary of Natural Resources and also former uh, Mayor of the City of Hampton, uh, she has endorsed Lamar Stoney. Lamont Bagby, who is uh, NSU alum, also chair of Virginia Legislative Black Caucus. He has endorsed uh, LeVar Stoney. Craig Deeds, state senator. Michael Jones, state delegate-elect out of the 77th, 77th district in the Richmond area. Louise Lucas, also NSU alum, 
president pro tem of the Senate, and she has given her support to LeVar Stoney and Mamie Locke, Senator Mamie Locke, who represents the second uh, senatorial district in on the peninsula. Uh, local officials, uh, uh, Sherman Leah, mayor of Roanoke, has endorsed um, LeVar Stoney himself. So, with that being the case, this has an oppor- this has a potential to set up a major, major uh, push for individuals, uh, two highly touted individuals within the Democratic Party against each other. Now, some would say that, you know, you would work together and, and one would endorse the other and you put all your resources behind each other and you have a solid candidate. But the democratic process, you know, this is people say this is what we what, what we really want. We want to see two diverse candidates, two candidates that that are out there vying for our vote. You know, not a default candidate, but two individuals that have to fight it out, that have to debate it out, that have to ensure that they are, you know, out there for the people. So for a lot of people, this is <laughs> this is what, what, what they're looking for now. From hypothetical polling, and this is done, uh, of course, a poll that we have from 2023 in February shows that uh, Winston Sears from the Republican Party uh, has a 48% chance, 48% chance of being the nominee. Jason Meares is 17% and 35% at that time was undecided. Again, February 2023. Also, in another hypothetical uh, polling in September of 2023, showed that Abig- and this is against Abigail Spanberger and Wisdom Sears. Again, at this time, LaFar Stoney has not had did not declare for his uh, run for governor. Uh, but hypothetical polling showed in a head-to-head between Wisdom Sears and Abigail Spanberger um, that Abigail Spanberger by one percent, twenty-seven percent, Wisdom Sears twenty-six percent. Uh, leading, but 47% undecided. But in a head-to-head with Jason Meares, 26% Abigail Spanberger, 22% Jason Meares with 52% undecided. Uh, look, that is, again, these are early, these were early polls, early polls that were taken uh, during the time when individuals actually um, uh, put their declare for governor uh, but even with that, it shows that this is a major issue um, that each party has to take into consideration. Uh, but with that, it shows that Virginians are trusting Democrats uh, to lead the country. To Well, to actually, <laughs> to lead the state. I said the country because, you know, as Virginia votes, so does what? The country. So. With that being the case and with all the chaos we see in Congress, we're not, you know, with the Republicans themselves, uh, what we got Republican former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, not only ousted by his own party, but he's like, I'm leaving end of the year. December 31st is last day. Uh, Not only that, we also have another uh, another U.S. Congressman, George Santos, expelled from Congress by his own colleagues and some Democrats. And then on top of that. You know, we have, you know, what is taking place uh, with current trying to govern uh, from the Republican Party in Congress. So, you know, it's a lot of issues on that side. So people are saying, hey, instead of uh, 
you know, the Republicans, we're trusting Democrats to actually govern much better. You know, but when we talk about govern much better, we ask ourselves, what are some of the issues that are facing Virginia that our governors uh, basically should start paying attention to? And when we take a look at these issues, when Virginia organizing, some of the issues that we look at in different categories, we look at anti-discrimination, budget tax reform, economic justice, education, health care, immigration reform, women's issues, and the like. Now, we do know that some of these uh, major issues that we see uh, also rose to the top as it relates to the 2023 elections for the legislature. And I don't think that these issues are going anywhere, right? So let's take a look at it. Let's look at first uh, the, the, the major issue uh, that actually won the Democrats the House, and that's the issue of abortion. Uh, of course, in women's rights. Abortion was the, was the top campaign issue during the 22 midterm elections, of course, 2023, and it will be a top issue in 2024, and I believe it's going to also be 2025. Why is that? Because when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, they said they leave it to the states. Well, guess what? States said we're going to take this issue up. Democrats are putting this issue on the ballot, and by doing so, they're winning election after election in a lot of states, even some of the uh, hardline conservative states, as we saw in, in 2022 election just last month. So with that, we see that there are going to be ballot measures, constitutional measures. We know that there is a constitutional measure uh, when there's a bill that's being passed uh, that's being put up, introduced now in the Virginia legislature for uh, to be voted up on, which again has to be voted up on again before it goes to the voters to be a constitutional amendment within itself. So 2025 is going to be on the ballot. So women's rights, abortion being uh, part of the uh, Virginia Constitution, uh, will be on the ballot. So look for that to be on the ticket. Education. Now, according to NBC News, uh, Republicans and Democratic candidates, uh, both in 2022, uh, 2023, campaigned heavily on education, but they had different approaches. Now, with those different approaches, we know that some individuals uh, doubled down on banning certain books. They doubled down on uh, teaching real history (laughs) or not teaching real history. You know, some people call it disinformation. Some people call it racism. Some people call it blaming uh, a generation for the issues of their forefathers, but never really saying it. But whatever the case may be, we know that this is going to be a major issue. And we know that sometimes Republicans try to tie education to crime. As a matter of fact, in a TV ad paid for by now Senator Leg Diggs campaign, according to NBC News, a mother says that a state senator, meaning now uh, former Senator Monty Mason, support soft on crime policies that threaten our children. So you're going to see this segue and this tie, not just into education, but a tie into crime. And of course, with the school shootings that are happening, that's going to escalate this issue even more so. But not just crime. You have the uptick in crime uh, that are, that's happening across our, the entire country. 
And of course, we know that this goes in waves, of course, with seasons. Uh, but we see that this is going to be an issue. Uh, of course, keeping our streets safe, our community uh, safe, and our schools safe. We know that this is going to be a major issue um, moving forward as it relates to uh, our candidates for that for for governor. But not just that, but we also know that there are environmental issues. Uh, there are going to be social justice issues. Uh, there are going to be economic issues. And very possibly, as we have international conflicts, there may be issues dealing with our uh, position in the world and our position as relates to any war efforts. But it's still it's still young. It's still early. We've got 18 months. But the race for governor is on. And we're going to be tracking it. We're going to be ensuring that you have all the information that you need to know who's vying to lead you and our great Commonwealth into the next decade of 2030. But once again, we're going to keep tracking it. And as always, we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. As always, be safe, be great, God bless, and congratulations again to all of our graduates. We'll see you next week.